Welcome to Season 3 of Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Hosted by Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Welcome to Episode Number 70 of Soccer Over Gotham. We have a great show for all of you. Gary, what do we have in this episode? A whole bunch. We got Gotham ending their three-game road trip with a win against the Chicago Red Stars. We've got multiple individual milestones to go over and celebrate. We have injury and roster updates. We will also preview our next game home against the Orlando Pride on Mother's Day. Our guest this week is hashtag once Gotham Kelly Ann Livingstone. I can't wait to get caught up with her and on her travels. So let's just get started. Ruby, how are you? I am feeling good. I am so happy this weather is finally nice because we had like rain for the last like two weeks. And yeah, we haven't had rain. So for the past four days, weather is good. It's looking good for Sunday as well. I hope I'm going to be there, but hopefully I can make it in time because it's Mother's Day. I didn't realize this game was it landed on, Mon- on Mother's Day till like not too long ago. So <laughs> Yeah. So we have a Mother's Day barbecue for my mother-in-law. Usually barbecues are not like in and out. So you mm-hmm. kind of have to hang out a little. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope I can sneak out early enough to make it there on time. But anyway... Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yes, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Y'all are amazing. My mother is a real-life superhero to me. She's the reason I root for so hard for women, and, the, and honestly, she's the reason I'm here in this space doing this show. That's awesome. So on to some team news. We have an update from last week's episode. Captain Krieger won her spot on the Penn State Board of Trustees. Congrats, Allie. Yes, I'm so happy she won, well-deserved, and cannot wait to see all the things she'll do. Yes, it's, it's, an, it's an honor. And these positions, they're generally, sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're not. But it's just you're in a position of power to oversee a charity or a business or an organization. It gives you a lot of, you can do a lot of good with that position. And I'm really happy for her because that's what she's all about. It's giving back and, you know, giving back to where she's from, which is awesome. But Ruby, we also have 150 NWSL appearances for Kristen Edmonds and number 100 for Taylor Smith. Wow. It shows like we have players with a lot of experience here at Gotham. So congrats to Kristen Edmonds and Taylor Smith. Seems like every other week we're celebrating some of these milestones. We got some some legends of the sport on this team. But let's just get to this game that we had uh, the other weekend. It was actually a lot of fun. I can't wait to cover it. So let's just get to it, shall we? Let's go. All right. So the last game of Gotham's U.S. tour before returning home this weekend, Chicago has given up 12 goals in their last five games, but Chicago has won their last three matchups against Gotham. The ref was Natalie Simon. She's a former player and the first black woman to earn a FIFA badge. There's a really good article written by the LA Times on her where she describes her journey as it's kind of a miracle. It's a wonderful read. Go look it up. I'll probably post it underneath the episode again. uh, She's an amazing person, and I just love covering her. But on to the game itself, the roster. The injuries are pretty much the same as last week. Amani is still excused as an absence. Hearst is out for her hip. Taryn with her knee as season ending, but added Beto's hand. More on that later. The formation, we are back to the 4-3-3, which McGlynn is in net, which was interesting. We also have Bruninia. And Edmonds and Krieger in the center and O'Hara on the right. Nicewanger, Long, Mewis across the middle, and then Smith, Williams, Ryan across the front line. Any thoughts on this lineup, Ruby? I love it. Right before the game started, I texted you to let you know I really like this lineup. I really like it. I guess the, the pressure's on us now, uh, Ruby, <laughs> since we, we asked to have Jenna higher up the pitch. and. Yep. We got it. Yep. So you said the goals were coming. If that's the case, I hope she proves us right. <laughs> I know. And they came. And I really hope Jenna stays higher up the pitch. And it's not just a one game thing, you know. She will be able to provide great services to the forwards and also score some goals, as we saw in this game. I think Jenna is like Gotham's secret weapon. <laughs> yeah, Gotham went for quality over quantity in this draft and they got a good one but let's get to the game 
the highest pressing team in the league is all over Chicago in the first half. Taylor Smith gets the ball to the right, goes 1v1, and just plays a simple ball across, and it finds its way to Jenna Neiswanger for her first. We did it, Ruby. Hashtag manifesting. We did it. That's right. We did it. It's so incredible how this team gets better and better each game. I know there's still a lot of room for them to grow, so that's wonderful because I cannot wait to see this team at the end of the season and how much they grow by then. So happy for our manifestations that are actually working this year. It really is. But Jenna then leaves the game after having her knee rake. On comes Fairley, more turnovers and one fine Sinead. And then she chips it to Williams, who scores from outside the box. 2 nothing Gotham. Manny makes the one save she has to in the first half. This was a pretty dominant first half Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts Ruby yeah I mean such a shame that Jenna had to step out of the field and leave the game and I believe sometime in the 20th minute she made the goal she has been playing incredible this whole time and it's sad that she had to leave but then again it was just preventative so nothing else happens for her I know it's good for for them to have taken her out just because we need her we really need her I think this is the first game that Gotham scores in the first half in under 10 minutes, which is usually those 10 to 15 minutes where are the choppiest for for the team and for Gotham. So it was really good for them to start this half strong. Very good half. Yeah, obviously when when Jenna went down, it was we were all alarmed by it because we've seen so many serious knee injuries Mm -hmm. so far. But she was... In good spirits, she didn't seem bothered by it, and uh, she was high fiving everybody on her way off the field. <laughs> <laughs> but she definitely got cleated, and she needed to. They said they needed stitches. I think we'll get to that oh. later. But yeah, my first thought about this first half is Chicago. What is you doing? <laughs> Gotham was just sitting in the lanes, just waiting for the obvious pass out. But honestly, like it should have been more than two goals. Gotham dominated the first half. Yeah, yeah, definitely should have been more more than two goals. And I really love the hustle in this team and their hunger to get better. We got the goals in the first half, which is perfect. But ideally, we want Gotham to score in both halves. Yeah, we do. We talked about selfishness on one of the last episodes. We talked about that because it's important. This team needs to be a little bit more selfish. And we saw that in the first half. Now, the announcer kept saying that there was better options available which is true, but let us have this. We needed this. Ryan, Smith, Mewis, just go on. Be a little selfish. We're going to need that later. Yeah, the announcers. I don't know about the announcers. Sometimes I felt <laughs> like they were like rooting for Chicago. I was like, what are we stop. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're here for. Well, <laughs> someone's always going to have their opinion, just like the announcers had their opinion. And, you know, they probably had better passes, but it's not, it's all about trying new things, you know, finding new things that work out on the field. And it seems like shooting instead of passing is what they're trying to work on right now. And I really like it. And Lynn's not going to be here all season. So we need someone to step up. And it's good that they're trying to find their own lane in there. Mm-hmm. Player notes. I thought, I think Mandy offers something different. From Betos and Smith. I think it's her ability to play with her feet. She's obviously learned a lot from working with Sheridan and Heritage. I mentioned before, but she's really in that kind of mold of a keeper. I like her. Yeah, she, like we mentioned before too in other episodes, she's just going to be an elite goalkeeper out there. She has so much potential. Also, like I said last week, I really like that the coach is rotating the keepers and giving them a, a chance to play. And it looks like maybe Hot's going to play a little more because of Beto's what happened with her hand. It's true. It is true. On to the Lynn Williams goal. This was outside the box. I could not find, for the life of me, the stat that I saw. But I remember seeing something like Williams has scored her last 20 or so goals inside the box. I think Lynn saw that and she was like, you and the usher. Watch this. (laughs) She definitely did. She did. And having a player that can score from outside the box is really, really important. And it's a threat to the other team having that kind of player. And I will not be surprised if in the following games, we see two or three different defenders around Lynn Williams. I think what separates Lynn is not just that she's 
she hustles 100 mm-hmm. percent but she's and she scores goals in the box but she's not scoring easy goals in the box mm-hmm. she is taking her time she's putting the ball in the right spot she's making the right runs and even when she scores outside of the box like she just did she was patient she waited for the right second and was deadly accurate so definitely. I think Lynn is on another level right now. Definitely. definitely, And trying everything. She goes all the way to the end, the end line of the, of the opposing team. She goes in a little and she just kicks the ball through places that you don't even think it's going to go through. <laughs> yeah, definitely on another level. But let's get to the second half. Chicago starts avoiding playing out of the back and just starts playing long switches out of the press. Gotham takes their foot off the pedal a little bit in this half, and Gotham gets caught in a zonal marking on a corner kick, and a free header goes in. It rattles Gotham a bit, but they gain control of the second half, and they were just ride it out, and the subs were fantastic. Your thoughts on the second half, Ruby? Honestly, that was a fantastic ball in the box from Chicago, and they scored. It, it could have been avoided, yes, but these are the things that, in a blink of an eye, like just happen. And like you said, Gotham had been dominant most of this game, but a little slip up can ruin like all the hard work you're doing throughout the game. So you just got to watch out for those little things, especially in corner kicks and free kicks like that. Last season, one little thing goes wrong, and that's the end of the, that's always the end of the game, basically for Gotham. But this year, the amount of time it takes this team to recover is getting shorter and shorter, and that feeling starts to linger less and less. So it helps to have veterans like Zerboni who can just come in and settle things down she had a fantastic match and when things are getting a little out of control it's good to be able to bring in players that know how to gain control of the game exactly and Zerboni is such a great player and I've enjoyed watching Zerboni play this season a lot yeah she's relishing the role that she's in and credit to her she's 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 doing exactly what the coach asked her to do and she's been really good yeah she also the defensive work rate on this team is pretty impressive, especially Linz. She was the top statistically offensive and defensive player on the entire pitch. Wow. So, yeah, Lynn Williams, nobody can deny this. Yeah, she's very impressive. She is in great form. She runs her little butt off around the, the field. She runs up and down that pitch. It's really impressive. And, like, she comes out like, I'm still good. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a moment after the game when they just showed the huddle, and it goes from like Krieger saying something to Zerboni saying something to uh-huh. O'Hara saying something. There's so many leaders up and down this roster. It's really impressive. Yep, I saw that video too. Yeah, where Krieger's talking mm-hmm. and Krieger and Zerboni and also O'Hara just directing the team. So, like you said, just leaders up and down this roster. Hundred percent. My takeaway is 19 interceptions in this game. Gotham continues pressing to great effect. All three forwards had 10 plus recoveries. Every one of them is working hard, both on offensive and defensive side of the ball. Working hard is right. And I really like this style of play that they're playing. Take the ball higher up and the forwards will like have to run less to make goals and score. Yeah, the whole point of it being a high-pressing team is it shrinks the field, it makes the opponents work so much harder, mm-hmm. and it makes your job a little bit easier if done correctly. So if they're doing it to great effect this season, and yeah, I like the style of play. So let's keep it going. But ultimately, after these three games, 1-1-1 one, one, and one is a pretty good record on the road. That's not too bad. Yeah, four points in three games, not bad at all, considering that they played three games this week. Also, I can't stop talking about Sinead Fairley. She's been such a revelation. Her game-winning assist was her first assist since August 9th, 2015. Yeah, she came into the game and she was doing such an incredible job out there. It's just really awesome to see her play. And this is great. I mean, since August 9th of 2015, and we have her back and we get to see her here at Gotham. Such a talent. And it was like she never left. Also. I do have to point this out. Harder games are coming for Gotham. Mm-hmm. According to the strength of schedule, we are near the bottom. The only top team we've faced so far is OL. We still haven't played Portland or San Diego. And after Orlando this week, we got Washington, OL, and San Diego in a row. So the first two are away. So this is a big test for this team coming up. Yes. And currently, Ola Rain sits in first place on the standings. Then we have Washington on third and San Diego on fifth. 
And the next four games are going to be really important for Gotham. Last time Gotham played against Washington, they didn't have Rodman. Rodman was out. If Rodman is good for, for that game against Gotham, we'll see what Gotham is really made of when all these challenging teams have to play against them. Yeah, Rodman's a game changer. And it'll be interesting to see her go up against either Edmonds or Bruninia would be an interesting matchup. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'm not looking forward to seeing Rodman on the field. But let's get to some post-game quotes. Jenna Nyswanger says she got some stitches on her knee, but then she'll be fine. It's, that's so crazy that she had to get stitches. It didn't look that bad on TV when it happened, but when she was calling someone to come and like take a look at her, I thought it was going to be bad. So, I mean, stitches is bad, but I'm I'm glad it's just stitches and she'll be fine and she'll come back. And I hope she's good for the next game, which be at Red Bull Arena this weekend. Yeah, Amara said that she would have returned to the game, but the taking the time to get her stitched up and put her back out there wouldn't have worked. So that's why she's a true warrior, and I'm glad that she's on this roster. Speaking of true warriors, Betos picked up a hand injury in that moment last game in the play where she got the red card rescinded. So she played that game with broken bones in her hand. They didn't wow. know that she was playing with those broken bones until after yeah. the game. She's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Wow. Like you said, another warrior just putting everything out there for Gotham. And actually today, Michelle Betos went on Twitter to thank everyone for well wishes. She said, thank you, everyone, for the well wishes and kind messages. Grateful for such a quick recovery process and for all I can do in the meantime. I mean, she didn't have anything to prove to anybody. I mean, remember last season where she got like knee in the eye and then finished the game? Right. She had, yeah she, yeah, she had a blue eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, like Lynn Williams says, she doesn't need her arm to play soccer. Michelle <laughs> does need her hands to play keeper, but yeah, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, she just keeps going. But let's get to our stats of the game. Do you have any stats of the game, Ruby? Gotham in this game had 14 shots. But the best part about this is that seven of those shots were on target, which is really great. The other games, I've seen that they have a lot of shots, but not on target. So seven of those were on target, which is 50%. Really good. Yeah, when Gotham was on, I think it was 11 shots in the first half or something like that. Gotham was really putting it on Chicago in that first half. That was one of our best performances of the season so far. But my stat is 103 so Lynn Williams' first half goal against Chicago was her 103rd career goal contribution in all NWSL competitions, surpassing Sam Kerr with 102 for the most in league history. Uncharted Opta. Wow, it's incredible. Go Bats. I mean, go Bats. How did we get so lucky to have Lynn Williams in Gotham? It's so amazing. And she's definitely a game changer for Gotham. Yeah, I say that myself like once a week. I'm like, who let us have her? <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah. who in the right mind? In the right <laughs> mind will like, all right, you you can take Lynn Williams. Sure, <laughs> we'll take it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a completely different season if we had her last season. Right? Let's get over to our player of the week. On Twitter over Gotham Pod, fans chose Williams. Of course. Thanks to the fans who voted. Ruby, do you agree? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Williams again. But, you know, I think that the fans are right. She's the player of the game. Lynn Williams has been consistent and so far is the most successful finisher for Gotham this year. So, yeah, Lynn Williams is the player of the week for me. What about you? Agreed. It's always been said that a good striker should score every other game. If you have 30 games in the season, you should score about 15. That's a good range for a striker. Mm -hmm. If you keep in mind, last season, uh, Morgan had 16 and Smith had 15 goals, which is a pretty good total, a goal every other game. And if you think about those players, they were scoring in bunches. Alex mm -hmm. Morgan scored six goals in two games against us, right? So that's or 10 goals for the rest of the season. But with Lynn Williams, she scored in six out of eight games this season. And she's doing it without multiple goal games. Lynn is having an absolutely remarkable start to the season. Yeah, so six out of eight games that she has scored, that's around 88% of the time. If she keeps scoring at that rate, she will have a total of around 24, 25 goals by the end of the season. 
counting that we have 28, including the Challenge Cup. It will make her the top goal scorer, and she's going to pass Sam Kerr. Right now, the most goals in one season has been 18. If she does 24, definitely going to pass Sam Kerr in that category and also will beat Sam Kerr's all-time record of 77 goals. Currently, Lynn Williams has 61 regular season goals. That's pretty crazy. I mean, she's going to be away for the World Cup, so it's going to take it down a little bit. But I was thinking that she was going to pass Sam Kerr's record maybe later next season, but it may be a lot earlier than that, the way she's going. It's it's amazing all the things that she's doing right now. Hopefully the momentum keeps growing and she keeps scoring. I just want to see her break all these records and Gotham be on top. <laughs> yes. Speaking of being on top, we're going to talk about the standings. Gotham is now tied for second, currently in fourth because of goal differential. But the only teams above us are the OL Reign, Portland Thorns, and the Washington Spirit. And we are one point from first place. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. Not at all. What a difference a year can make. <laughs> We're one point away from the total points we had last year. Last year, we did 13. We have 12. <laughs> We're one point away. That's one game. Either we win or tie. So this is amazing to see all the changes in Gotham. Of course, it's a whole team effort here. So it's incredible that the whole team is doing this. And hey, we definitely have a chance for the championship. We do. And Gotham still just does not like to draw games. It's like, <laughs> it's all <laughs> or nothing with this any, team. Yeah, exactly. Wait, we have one draw, did we? Yeah. No, no draws. No, no draws? I think the Challenge Cup we had a draw, but not oh, in the season. Doesn't count, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah our, our last draw was the end game last season and before that. But yeah, let's get to our next game. Our next opponent is Mother's Day, Orlando at home. I am taking my mother to this game. So my mother's perfect record of winning when she attends was broken last season. So not even her, her appearance could save this team last season. Last season doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but let's see if you bring your mom. It brings us good luck, the good vibes again. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. Some showers maybe in the morning I saw, but no thunderstorms. Thank God we don't want any rain delays this time. It better stay that way. No rain. Yeah, right now it looks perfect. Like mid-70s. Oh, it's yeah. be beautiful. <laughs> Can't wait. But all right, let's get to this matchup. What are your thoughts on this matchup, Ruby? Orlando has won their last two games. So they won 3-1 against San Diego. And I was not expecting that at all. Not at all. Then 1-0 against Raising Louisville. And so, yeah, I wasn't expecting that either because Orlando has had a, a rough patch, but it's the NWSL. Anything could happen. It's so competitive. Now, Orlando is playing midweek, so it gives Gotham an advantage. They'll be a little bit more rested than, than Orlando. And also, here... We have to mention that Orlando's keeper, Morehouse, currently number one in saves. She has 26. And then we have Abby Smith with 21. Both goalkeepers have been making huge saves for their teams. Yeah, I think Orlando is going to be an up and down team this season. Mm -hmm. They're going to look a lot like a bottom table team in some games, then a mid table teams in some games. I'm still not sold on their roster. We had that long conversation with Bree. And I, I still think that they're not quite there yet. I think Gotham is going to either win or lose this game based on their own performances. I, I think, again, you just said Orlando plays midweek. Gotham gets the rest. Let's see if that's a good or bad thing. Yep. All right. What are we manifesting this week? Since, you know, our manifestations have been working lately, I'm, you know what? I'm going to bring it up a notch here. And I would <laughs> love to see someone score a hat trick. Yeah, it Gotham be, has not had that yeah. like that dominant win. We haven't had that yet. Exactly. So all the wins have been one or two goals. I won a hat trick or at least three goals. But no, no, no. Let's keep it hat trick. Let's do it. What about you? I agree with you there. I think Gotham needs to needs a statement win. We're we're hanging in there and we're gonna be facing some tough teams. So I think putting Orlando away like we should is a good sign. But 
my manifestation this week is a goal for Yasmin Ryan. I think it's about time. Yeah, it is. It is about time. She tried. She really tried in the last game against Chicago. She was coming strong for that goal. It didn't happen, but it will happen soon enough for her. Soon enough. Any random thoughts before we go? Not really. The only thing I've been doing lately is catching up on Ted Lasso, which Ooh. I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso, but third season, it's good. Not as good as the first season, but I just want to see where where it goes. I'm really enjoying it, by the way. Ted Lasso, it's it's a really it's a really good show if you haven't watched it. Yeah, it seems like something I'd be into, and I'm, I'll definitely I'll definitely end up checking it out when I have a minute. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of soccer on TV, I did get a chance to watch uh, in the mornings when I was working out the Matildas. I watched the first five episodes of the Matildas on Disney+. Plus. It covers the Australian national team as they get ready for the World Cup at, in their home. It's a mm-hmm. fantastically produced documentary. And I just I love that. And I wish more effort was put into putting out documentaries like that about mm-hmm. our our league because i think it would go really well telling these stories of these players from their their injuries to their their pressures that they're under their relationships and how much it really means to them to make that roster as a world cup team and especially for them because it is in australia so they get to represent their home country this is like a once in a lifetime shot for them pressure is like super high and i just i've been loving every minute of it so far mm-hmm. and our christy Mewis makes an appearance Ooh. for the sportsmanship <laughs> and <laughs> yeah she's there because of sam kerr but yes it's, it's well done and i and you guys should all watch it and yeah yeah, it's really cool that Disney is doing these kind of things for women's soccer. And it gives the exposure to, in, in this scenario, to uh, Australia team here. It gives them exposure, the the challenge that go, they go through, and what they need to be at, at a higher level. And also, I don't know if you've seen that Angel City is also coming out with a documentary. But this one is on HBO Max, I believe. So that one's going to be interesting to see or to watch as well. You know how a whole documentary about Angel City, how they came together to create the the team. So that's going to be really interesting. I wish they would do something here at Gotham as well. Yeah, hopefully the offseason official will be that thing for us, which would be really, really nice. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Let's go over and talk to hashtag once Gotham Kelly and Livingstone. I can't can't believe we got her on the podcast. I'm looking so forward to talking to her. Shall we? Let's go. Let's go. I am thrilled to have our next guest. If there is such a thing as a homegrown player in the NWSL, this would be one. This Glen Ridge, New Jersey, native attended Georgetown University, played on the Gotham Reserves, was drafted by Gotham in the second round, and now plays for Fortuna Joring in Denmark. So welcome to the show, Kellyanne Livingstone. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, Kelly, I know we talked about this earlier, but you were on our short list before your departure. We really, really wanted to talk to you. We were devastated that the news dropped when you were let go. Uh, you have no idea how excited I am to get this chance to do this again. You have an interesting story, and I know you're Jersey to the core, so I can't wait to get into this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right, we're going to start with some rapid-fire questions, some really quick one short, you know, short answers. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The, number, the first question is more of a pass or fail question. Okay. <laughs> Candy corn, yes or no? No. Okay. I don't know if that's a path or fail. Uh, and Jenna's the arbiter of that. Uh, but, all right. So your favorite New Jersey beach? Gotta go with Spring Lake. Oh, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Nice little like health food store nearby. So you can just go there and get food and go yep, to the beach. Exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. What is your pizza order? Ooh, I usually am just a plain girl. However, controversial opinion. I do like pineapple on my pizza, but Ooh. not all the time though. Special occasions. <laughs> <laughs> in Glen Ridge, is there like a place to go? Oh yeah, definitely Mr. Dino's. Uh get a nice little margarita slice there or a grandma slice as they like call it. It's so good. 
Yes. And I, I talked to the coach, Amaros, and he says he's living, I think, in Montclair area, and he asked for some pizza recommendations. So I will pass that oh, yeah. along. To him. Definitely Mr. Dino's, the best one. <laughs> Good. And so what are you nerdy about outside of soccer? I wouldn't say this is exactly nerdy, but I like to paint a lot. Um, okay. Not good at painting, but it's just fun. I like to do some doodles or like flowers or I'll, I'll make paintings for like people's birthdays or something. No, it's fantastic to get your mind off of what you're doing. And that's a great way to release stress and all that good stuff. So that's yeah, cool. definitely. If you were to listen to one music artist for an entire month, who would it be? I've been listening to a mix of both Taylor Swift and Morgan Wallen. Yeah, the intersection of Taylor Swift and NWSL fan base is like, it's it's just a circle. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some hardcore Swifties there in the NWSL. (laughs) Yeah, on on the Twitter feed and like, just keep scrolling. It's like, like, where where am I? Am I in the NWSL? Or is this all Twitter? (laughs) Oh, All right. Your favorite Disney movie? Ooh, Miracle on Ice. Okay. I don't know if that's the full name. Just maybe just Miracle. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. You're right. Yeah, I can't wait for the the new Little Mermaid. That's going to be amazing. Oh, that's going to be so great. Yeah. yeah, the Little Mermaid was my favorite growing up for sure. But yeah. I gotta say, all time would be Miracle. Yeah, indeed. All right, you wouldn't be here without this person. Ooh, soccer wise, would have to say my dad for sure. But also life wise, my mom. And sports star you idolized growing up. Mm. Mia Hamm. Same. Cliche, but she's just she's just too good. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously you were on Gotham. So what would you describe as your fit style? See, I had a lot of help from Hensley Handcuff last year. <laughs> um, I would say I'm a work in progress. Uh, <laughs> I would not put myself as nearly as stylish as some of the girls on the team. So mm-hmm. I usually opted out of trying to do the fashion show walkway before the games. I think sometimes when I did dress up, that would stress me out more than the actual game. So I just realized <laughs> by the end of the year, I just was, it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. The defeats the, the purpose. It's all about building confidence and yeah. Yeah, if you're not confident yeah. there. You're not carry and I just walk down and I'd be sweating because I'd be so nervous. I'm like, this isn't, I don't need to be doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's get to you being a soccer player. Obviously, being a soccer player is not an easy life. So where did your love for soccer come from? Um, It just started with playing soccer in the backyard with my dad. He played soccer in college and my mom ran track in college. So like we were always outside just either like walking around the block, kicking the ball around the backyard. So just like the pure love just came from just having fun with my parents. And then my best friend and I, um, he currently plays at NYCFC, so we were just always playing soccer together. We had the same nanny, so we would always be together. Growing up, I actually played for him with, on his team. Like I would guest with him and his boys' team. So um, I just always had a great time doing it, and I never had any pressure from my parents. So it was really just like I just what, what I love to do. And not many soccer players. I mean, this is a, New Jersey is a hotbed for soccer. Oh yeah. But- your area, like, there's a couple that's been pro from you, but like for you in particular, like, what made you different? What made you get to that level where you could play pro? I think that it was just because my friends all love to be outside playing sports, and then since I was always around other athletes, it was just the thing to do. It was the thing to be good at sports in in my town and towns around me, and. On top of that, like I just loved going back into the backyard and just like playing wall ball or trying to hit some free kicks. Maybe just we were using those little like plastic balls you get from CVS, but like still I was mm-hmm. out there in the backyard, like with my brother playing soccer, making him do one v ones with me. And he's three years younger than me. So like <laughs> it was just unfair at that point when we were eight and five. Um, yeah. But it was really just because like we just loved to be outside playing sports. And then from there, like I just knew I wanted to be the best. So I would just go out on my own in the morning, at night, sometimes before games, like and just juggle or just pass against the wall. It was just it was something fun to do for me. And I know we don't talk about it enough, but you know, the mental side of the game. For everybody, soccer gives them something different. Like for me, it was kind of an escape from a crazy life and it gave me a little bit of like control. And I, like I was free when I was out there. So what did soccer give to you as an outlet? Yeah, I mean, I just am a ridiculously competitive person. So mm-hmm. for me, yeah, I would say that soccer is really my safe spot. I I love going out. I, the games that are, you know, 6 nothing blowout or whatever it would be, 
it, they, those games don't excite me. And I also, you know, I'm a center back. So like, I love when we're playing against those really, really tough forwards. And it's a close game like that adrenaline is just like what, what lights me on fire. Like, I, I just love that. And so going out to a field like it, it, people always talk about how they might be nervous before games. I'm never nervous before games. The only times I'm nervous is like right before the whistle's about to blow. And then all of a sudden, I'm not nervous anymore. So it's just, yeah, it really is also my safe space too. Yeah, indeed. And I know the demands of an athlete are obviously incredible. And obviously you played, you know, as a college athlete, you were, they had demands of being a pro, you were on the reserve team. What was that like for you? And how did you balance all that? Definitely balancing is hard between being a pro and being a college player is definitely different because like with pro, although I did have a little bit of school that I had to finish up while I was at Gotham, it was just remote. Um, it wasn't the same as being a collegiate athlete because when you're a collegiate athlete, you're you're all over the place. You're going to class at 8 a.m. You're playing a game later that day. You're hitting up the professor's office hours after the games. So it's just like kind of chaotic being a college athlete and then being a professional. You know, you have a lot more free time just because you have training in the morning and then maybe you'll be done for the rest of the day after 2, 2 3 p.m. So that lifestyle is a lot different from college and I had to definitely adjust to that. But then again, like, you know, as a professional athlete, your job is to literally take care of your body. So that also has has different aspects built into to it compared to college. Mm-hmm. And what what you, was unique to you that you did that kept you balanced? Was it your painting? Was it, you know, just having some free time, having friends and family around? Yeah, I mean, it was nice coming back home after being in D.C. for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also would say, like, as much as I didn't love having to go home and do my schoolwork after a really grueling training session, it was something that kept me, kept me grounded. And, and it gave me an outlet to not think about soccer all the time. A lot of my friends were like, I don't have anything else to do except for play soccer. And I'm like, well, I I have to finish my master's degree. So like, that was really nice to have for sure. However, after that, I was really grateful to, you know, have a little bit of free time, be able to hang out with my friends, not be like, I have to finish an essay later today. But yeah, just having something to do outside of soccer really helped me remind myself that I am more than just being a professional soccer player. And last season's Gotham coach, uh, Menzies, said that the number one indicator of a player becoming a pro is mental fortitude because the life is a grind. So how much of that is true and how does that drive you as a soccer player? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that that's twofold. Like off the field, it, it's really mentally tough because Sometimes, like for me, fortunately, I was able to be home. I had some of my outside friends, my home friends, my family. So it was nice to have that separate from soccer. But for people now that I'm in Denmark, I I don't have anything else outside of soccer except for my teammates. So it is really hard to be on your own and and have there's a lot of parts that that might be a little bit lonely. But then there's also the really great parts where you get to go and keep playing what you love on the weekends. Like you might be working, you won't be able to go out with your friends, but like you're playing games. Like that is the best part of, of what you do. And there's a lot of things that people can take for granted, but it's also like one of the gre- greatest jobs that you can have. Yeah. Cause when you're on that field, it's, it's, you're in control of everything and there's no, there's no outside distractions. There's no relationships. There's no, you know, bills. There's no, whatever it <laughs> is. Like, again, for that 90 minutes, I was on the field. I was free. Right. It's, that's yeah. what kind of what it is. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to your, your time at Gotham. I, like Obviously, we know how it ended, but what are some of your favorite things about playing here for Gotham? Yeah, I mean, Gotham last year was great, even though I didn't even re- really step on the, the actual field as much. But mm-hmm. I, I just loved my time there. Everyone, all the girls were so welcoming. Like I was really surprised that every single person was just so genuinely nice, including the staff also just so nice. And I feel like every single day, like I walked into training like nervous because I was just going to be challenged so much. And I would like leave training sometimes like so mentally exhausted, not only physically, mentally exhausted because I was learning so many things. I was trying to be as best, the best player I can be every single day. So I I really loved how I felt like I, I grew so much last year and I learned so much. And yeah, it was really mostly about the learning and all the connections. I still have such great friends that I that I met last year. I still talk to all the time, despite being a million miles away from home, it feels like. But yeah, I loved my time there last year. And as a young player, like who was a player that took you under their wing and showed you kind of how to be a pro? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I, I immediately became close with uh, Delaney Sheehan and Sabrina Flores. But also on top of that, like, 
Paige Monahan. I, I knew her from playing in the Big East together. She played at Butler. So we kind of mm-hmm. knew like of each other. But and of course, like we were rivals at, at college, but she was immediately so nice to me. And Estelle Johnson also like she played center back. So she would like help me with stuff. And and it was so nice to have her as like she was a veteran, huge veteran in the, in the league. And so it was so great to get to know her also. And who was your traveling roommate? I would room with Jennifer Cujo. Oh, she must have been fun. Oh, yeah. It was really fun. We definitely have different living styles, but we made it work. (laughs) And she's just hilarious. Like, I, she's constantly making me laugh. And she would cook me food when we were at home. Like, she would, she's the greatest cook. So she was a great roommate. (laughs) Nice. And you also got to play with a couple of players that are are pretty much legends of the sport. And I know this uh, Krieger announced her, this is going to be her last season, but what was it like playing with her? It was at first really daunting to play with her. However, she's also like one of the greatest humans I've ever met. She is genuinely so nice. And she is also really understanding as a person, both on and off the field. And so it was really nice playing against her. She was such a calm presence. So when I would be so nervous, like literally playing against one of playing next to one of the greatest center backs and defenders in the country, she was just coaching me. She was talking to me. She was so nice. And yet, so demanding at the same time where it wasn't making me nervous. It was just like more of a respect. Like I wanted to play well because I was playing next to Allie Krieger. Is there any player that starstruck you where you're like, okay, this is, this is that player. I would say Ashlyn Harris for sure. Yeah. Yeah, She's got a presence about her. (laughs) Oh, she has a presence and she, her personality on the field is just, it amazes me. One, one time she could be screaming at me and then next moment she's, (laughs) hyping me up like it is just like <laughs> the craziest thing and I would be terrified to play in front of her but she was also like the most solid goalkeeper to play in front of so it was just such an interesting dynamic but I loved it yeah, and I know you're I'm not sure if you actually got a chance to play with her at least even for like a couple minutes but the story of Sinead Fairley this season is pretty incredible so like what does it mean for you just as even as an outside perspective to see a player like Fairley come back after so long and yeah. perform like she has yeah, I mean, that's it's incredible, her story. And one of my teammates here actually played on the Ireland team with her in the last camp. So it was cool mm-hmm. to hear hear that story too. And yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. And I'm so happy that she ended up making the team because she completely deserves it. And watching only snippets of the games, because it's hard to get the games over here, but watching snippets of the games, like she's playing fantastic. So kudos to her. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to your time in Denmark. So how did that actually happen? Because I know when when you were let, let go, it was right before the season. Most teams have their rosters already set. So it's like really hard to find a team at that point. How did you end up in Denmark? Yeah, so at the time, I was going to go back to Gotham's preseason. Hmm. Um, unsure if I was going to get a contract or not, but I really wanted something more definite and I wanted some actual playing experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I ended up going over to Denmark. One of my friends actually plays over here on Obi Kerr, um, which is the top team in Denmark. And she was like, I know someone's leaving from, from your team, from Fortuna. And she gave me the coach's email and I emailed him and ended up working out. And so yeah, a week later I was on a plane coming to Denmark. <laughs> wow. And this is your first time, this is your first time playing overseas. Yeah. Yes, it is. Wow. Okay. And now that you're there, it as looks absolutely beautiful there. So how are you finding it there? I definitely have my moments where I'm ho- very homesick and cannot mm-hmm. wait to go home. But it's also so cool to be in another country and playing what you love and, and meeting so many different people. Fortunately, on our team, we have a bunch of Americans and who are all around. We're all the same age. So it's been really fun to meet girls from all different parts of America. And then we have half the team are internationals, half the team are Danish. So it's cool it's a cool mix of, of different cultures and also just being able to explore a new country and being able to travel to different countries over here on our off days. It's just been so cool. Yeah. And speaking of like being homesick, if there was not you're there, if there's one thing that you would bring from New Jersey to there, and then what one thing would you bring back that you found that you really, really like? I would say bagels because New Jersey okay. bagels are superior. Right. Um, which my mom actually did bring last week and I have eaten all of them. Um, <laughs> so that was my one request. Bagels and flavor blasted goldfish were my one request <laughs> for my mom. <laughs> yeah. And then things I would bring back, probably they have great cheese over here, cheese and crackers. 
I just like go to the grocery store every few days and I'm like, hmm, which kind of cheese am I going to buy today? So, <laughs> so I'll bring back that. Or, of course, Danish pastries. Yeah. They put cheese on everything, don't they, over there? Yes. They put cheese on yeah. everything. They do. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so what are your favorite spots there as far as like going out, uh, food there? So we are pretty far up north in Denmark in this place mm-hmm. called Northern Jutland. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but that's how I think it's pronounced. (laughs) And so the closest city to us is Aalborg, which is definitely a cool city. We don't have a car, so we have to take the train, which is totally fine. It's just an easy 30-minute train ride. And they have a bunch of different restaurants there. They have some cool places to go out. It's just like an overall beautiful city. And then, of course, Copenhagen is amazing. And we've been there a few times, and we would stay there after games. So it was just like such an awesome place to go. And, of course, we always... Uh, my teammates and I always try and find the best pastry shops. So on our day off, we are going to the bakeries. <laughs> Copenhagen is, is absolutely beautiful. It's, on my, it's definitely on my list. And during the pandemic, I would be working at a home and I'd be on the treadmill and I would put on like like the tour, like run through this city and like someone would have like a GoPro on and they go through the city. And Copenhagen looks, looks so gorgeous. And one thing I noticed about it, it's just like you could watch them run through the city but there's no like trash anywhere. I know it's we- that's a weird thing. But I'm like looking around, I'm, like I see if I see like one piece of trash, I'm like, get it, get it. Because it's just like yeah. it's such a beautiful, clean, ex- beautiful place. It, yeah, there's there's literally no trash in any of the cities here. Right. And even <laughs> we went over to Sweden, there was no trash there. And it's it's amazing. It's just so different from like, you know, I grew up next to New York City. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where where's all the trash? Where are the trash bags on the side <laughs> of the road? <laughs> And we talked a little bit about this earlier, but like, how is the weather by you? And you said it's been pretty crazy cold. When I leave Denmark, I will, if I never have to see this weather again, I (laughs) would be so grateful. I can look at the weather app in the morning and think that it's going to be warm and sunny. And then by the afternoon, when we have training, it is cold and rainy and windy. It is just the craziest thing here with the weather. We did not see the sun from January to April when we did finally see the sun we were all so confused. We we're like, when, when was the actual last time we saw the sun? <laughs> and when we got here, everyone was like, you've got to take vitamin D pills because you're oh. going to get depressed if you don't take them. And so I was like, what, what, what do people do here in Denmark? <laughs> <laughs> and, and even now, like the weather is just starting to get nice. It's still, in, it's like in the fifties, some days, sometimes last week it was in the forties and it was windy. You never know. And your, your team is actually doing pretty well. I think you're currently third on the table. So you're on a pretty good run of form. Like how is the team itself doing? Yeah. So I, I think that our team is really good. I might be a little biased, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I wasn't on the team in the fall when the, this little league started. So when I got here, we were in third and we are still currently in third and pretty solid position there. So unfortunately we don't have a chance to get into second place, but overall we're doing really well. We've lost only one game out of six I think we played five maybe and then we are going to the finals of the Danish cup which is going to be June 21st fantastic that's exciting yeah and I saw that your team is these uh, second lowest uh, goals against I think in the league so good on you a center that's back great. yeah that's, that's yeah. good to know <laughs> so you feel like you're getting the minutes you feel like you're progressing as a player yeah definitely yeah I have been playing 90 minutes almost every game and it's been great to just be on the field and playing games again since I didn't play much last year. And it's it's cool playing against different players that might be more technical or technical-minded than than players in the United States. So mm-hmm. getting that different different type of style of play is really, is really cool. And your style of play is a bit different as a center back. I noticed that in, in like your, your past and in, in Georgetown, you guys had on a lot of clean sheets, but you were also getting forward and you were scoring goals a lot of times off like corner kicks. So like what makes you different as a center back? Yeah. So I feel like my best trait as a center back is that I just am a pure defender. Like I am mm-hmm. a ball winner. I aerial on the ground like that that's something I just love to do I love to be physical with with the forwards I love that and then of course like I'm also a left-footed player so that's also interesting because there's not a lot of center backs who are lefties uh so that definitely gives me a little bit of an advantage because coaches like when there's left-footed player there in that position and then I've also played a little bit of left back not here but like at college I would play left back occasionally so 
getting up the field is something that I'm able to do. Not as much as center back, of course, but I have that experience at left back and, and my aerial abilities are definitely useful on corner kicks. So scoring goals is awesome. I haven't scored a goal yet here, but that's obviously something I'm going to be doing by the end of the season. Yeah. So what does the future look for, look like for you? Like what, what, what do you think is next? Yes. Obviously I'm going to finish out my contract here at Fortuna. Um, Mm -hmm. Just keep getting games, trying to make the team as best as I can. Just, just, you know, keep bringing the success, keep bringing clean sheets. That's my number one priority here. And then hopefully going back to the United States, just, I love my time here in Europe, but like I said, I, I can get pretty homesick sometimes. So going back to the United States is definitely something that I wanted to be doing. We're probably going to get Gina Lewandowski either on the next podcast or the other one. I know she's a center back that you've had some experience with. Anything you can say to her that we can pass along? Uh, she she is just so great. And I'm so happy for her in her new career at Lehigh. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she she would help us so much last year at center back before she left in in the summer. And she's just like a great human. And we would always stay after training and, and do some extra touches together and work on our long balls, whatever it might be. Um, and then she also taught us a lot about brain training. You have to ask her about this. And yeah. how at Bayern Munich, they would teach her how to do all these different brain training exercises with your hands. And you'd have to do that while juggling or while dribbling. And, and it was all about like being able to juggle two things at once while you're playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so hard. We would do this for like hours and trying to figure out how to like move our hands in different directions while also turning around in circles. It was just like the craziest thing. So you have to ask her about this. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's on my list now. Yeah. But, so Kellyanne, uh, I, we, we sadly come to the end of this interview. Honestly, I, I thank you for you know speaking with me. We're super proud of you. And as we say here, once Gotham, always Gotham. We'll be following your journey and rooting for you. I, I, there's so much more to your story and you're a special player and I know you're going to do big things. And I know thank it's a, you so much. You're going to be back. You're going to do some big things. So we're going to, we'd love to follow you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, everyone, that is the end of our show for Ruby, Kelly, Ann, and myself. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week with hopefully another hashtag Once Gotham interview. We are going to get caught up with friend of the show, Gina Lewandowski, and I can't wait. Hi, everyone. This is Gary. Thank you for listening and supporting our project. Here are other ways you can support the show and connect with us. First, word of mouth is everything. So please share our show with anyone who might listen. Also, please rate us five stars on Spotify and review us on iTunes. You can purchase our merchandise at the T Public store. Join in the conversation on Twitter at OverGothamPod and Instagram at SoccerOverGotham. Lastly, you can email your thoughts and questions at SoccerOverGotham at gmail.com. Once again... Thank you.